Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, it's the Freight 360 Podcast. From freight broker sales tips to sports talk, this podcast is all about helping you grow as a freight broker. We're your hosts, Nate Cross and Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right, all right, all right. Episode 124. Ben, what's the latest, man? How you it's doing? cold down here. I had to wear shoes yesterday and today in the morning <laughs> hey it's actually hit over the 40, over 40 degrees and my ice rink 40. is uh, in trouble right now so we got like did you get to skate it the other day and it like turned my ice rink into slush and now it's above freezing i might just not have a rink for another week but we'll see it's supposed to get like down to below zero in the coming week here in buffalo so but yeah so, did you get the uh, skate at all, by the way, what's before that? it turned to slush? Did you get the skate at all? I have not. My, my Across the street, my wife's cousins live pretty close to us. They came over, their, their kids, and they were skating on it the day before it started to get all busted up. So, um, But, hey, it is what it is. I'll get there. Um, welcome back to Freight 360, everybody. If you're brand new here, we're glad you find, found us. Share us with all your friends in the industry. We're still looking for a couple of uh, special folks to leave us a review and um, send us a picture of their face that we could share on our website, um, specifically on our course content that, that's been put out there. So uh, if you've gone through any of it and you want an Amazon gift card, shoot us a message or fill out our contact form on our website and we'll get you, we'll get you going there. We just want a nice honest review with uh with us being allowed to use your first name last initial and your picture of your face so good stuff um sports man the bills beat up the patriots and i was at that game and then a patriots fan tried to beat me up but my my scratch my scratched face is healed up. looking better today um the steelers man i'll be honest i was like I was kind of hoping they were going to pull an upset, and uh, they just didn't. So. First quarter and a half, though, like yeah, they, I, they I would say, they first, won the first quarter. They were up yeah. seven nothing, I think, right? So, in the beginning of the second, but then it honestly looked like a Harlem Globetrotters game where the Steelers were. Who do the Harlem Globetrotters always play? The Gladiators or the? Uh, I couldn't. I didn't even know they played real basketball. I thought they just were like a trick team, weren't they? Yeah, it's like an exhibition, but they always have a team they play that they always beat, that always travels with them. Oh, the, <laughs> couldn't tell I think it's you. the Generals, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. I mean, they, Kansas City looked fantastic, I mean, for the next three quarters. Yeah, so um, coming up this weekend, Cincinnati will be in Tennessee on Saturday. I'm actually going to Tennessee to Nashville on Sunday. Otherwise, I would try to get to that game. Um San Fran is playing at Green Bay Saturday night. L.A. is at Tampa Sunday afternoon. And you finish up the divisional weekend with my Bills traveling to Kansas City Sunday night. It's kind of weird. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be watching a Bills game in Tennessee when they're playing Kansas City. So I got to like find a Bills backer bar. If anyone listening is from Nashville or that area and you know of a good Bills backer bar or you want to come hang out and have a beer with me, you let me know. So, I'm saying the Bills take down this, the uh, the Chiefs. Though me and Trey did a I'm video for today. If you guys, if anyone saw it on social, if the Bills win, he's got to wear a Josh Allen jersey on his next podcast. And if the Chiefs win, which they won't, I'll be wearing a Mahomes jersey on this podcast. So, who do you think's going to the? Where Super did you guys Bowl put bet? that out of? By the way, what's that? Where did you put that? Vi- where did you put that video out? 
I didn't I, see it. I, I just sent it to Trey earlier. He's got to post it. Still. Oh, okay. So yeah, don't worry, Ben. I'm not. I'm not hiding anything from you. So, but it's it's hilarious. Left I'm wearing out. like a Bills beanie, Bills gloves, Bills jersey. Uh, I got a Bills football. It's good stuff, man. So, uh, who do you think is going to go to the Super Bowl? I really don't know, to be honest. I, I mean, mean Kansas Casey City looks fan. Kansas City looks fantastic, and I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm rooting for Buffalo. I mean, two teams I pretty much watch or you know try to watch the Buffalo games and the Steelers games. So I'm going to be pulling for Buffalo, but I mean. Dude, they looked fantastic. And again, the Steelers' defense was not in any way Buffalo's defense, so it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But yeah, he is a hell of a quarterback. Yeah. Every time I see like, Mahomes do something new, I'm just like, man, where does he get that from? So, crazy. We'll see. It's we'll like see what happens. Anyway. All right. Um, so... Let's say today's topic is oh let's give a shout out to our friends over at uh, DAT. I almost almost forgot because we had uh, Ken Adamo on before and we didn't have to read a, an ad because he was here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. We did that last week. Taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT. The DAT loadboard is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new carriers and new business partners. Plus, you can quickly and qualify and onboard new carriers. And with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Check out the show notes for a free month of DAT Power Express or Trucker's Edge. Absolutely. So today's episode, we're going to talk about setting goals. We, we talked about this a little bit um, right around New Year's because it's, it's a great time of the year for you to reflect on the past and to plan for the future. So um, why don't you kick it off here, Ben? You, we, you put together some really good content on this topic, so I'm gonna let you kind of uh, drive or ride the horse and I'm just gonna be in the carriage with you today. One of the biggest things I think is that people wanna know why they aren't reaching the goals or like, and it's not really a goal. That You'll hear people say like, I'm just not where I wanna be or you know, we just wanna do more or we just wanna make more money or we just wanna do more like, and it's such a general thing or even objective that one, it's impossible to evaluate. Like how do you know if you got closer to where you thought you were gonna be unless you actually sat down and thought about what that was, right? Yeah. There's some there's a ton of cliches around here, like what gets measured matters, right? But if you do have things that you can measure, you have an objective thing that you can look at and get feedback on, are you getting closer to it? Are you getting farther away? Is what you're doing getting you closer to it or does it seem like it is pushing you not as quickly, whatever it is. If we don't have some benchmark, we don't know whether we're getting better, worse, staying the same, anything. We have literally nothing to get feedback from, right? And I think the same goes for people looking at like what are their objectives? Like, because guess what? Like wherever you are in your journey, like the industry is difficult, right? Like it's hard, you're gonna fight for every dollar And when the market eventually transitions, you're gonna be fighting to keep customers. You're fighting to get trucks right now. You've got to fight to build relationships. You've got to fight against other brokers to get through to a prospect. It is going to take a lot of effort no matter what you're trying to achieve. And to be honest, everything in life, anything that matters, right, is difficult. Otherwise, you wouldn't value it. It wouldn't be important, right? And one of the best t- techniques that um, we started utilizing is this topic of coming up with really what your vision is, right? 
And this exercise actually came from, actually Tony Robbins has this in a lot of his content and a few other thought leaders. But one of my favorite things to start off with a client is to get them to sit down and to just block out some time to do this, right? Because I think people also think that if they just work hard every day, they'll eventually just get where they want to go, right? But working hard without a direction, like you'll get somewhere, but you just don't know where that's going to be, right? So what I would suggest is you kind of sit down and actually block out an hour or two, right? To really think about what you want to do and where you're going, right? Have you and ever this, seen people that have you ever, ever heard someone that swears by drawing it out like a picture? Like draw mm-hmm. me what draw me what your vision is, right? Where, where what do you want yourself to look like? Are you is it I had a killer year and I'm I'm on vacation at the beach with my wife right now because we we made a lot of commission, right? It, I've literally had people that swear by like you got to draw it. Dream well, it. And here's why that's true. Th- that's true because if you think about it, like we don't think in words. We think in pictures, right? If I say banana, you don't picture the word banana, you picture a picture of a banana, right? Yeah. And that's the same thing with our vision, right? The clearer your vision is, the more likely it is to come true, right? And if you listen to any interview of anybody that's reached where they've gotten to, especially in a difficult field, they will tell you that one of the things that was absolutely vital in their success was when shit got really difficult, right? When they really had to say like, like, why is it worth me picking up the phone to make these phone calls again today, right? They find that they don't have to ask themselves that question because the vision of where they want to go is just so clear that it's just a matter of time. Like, there is literally no doubt, right? Because they can see where they want to be. They can see their life. They can see them living in this home, maybe. They can see their life with the family, maybe they, they're yet to have. Maybe it's stuff. Maybe it's... Whatever that is, whatever that goal is, right? Like they can see it so clearly that it is real and they're just, it's just a matter of ticks of a clock until they get there, right? And to your point, having that vision and that picture of it is why it's effective. I've had a lot of friends that, um, and it's just like like coworkers that they would not even like draw out their vision or their goal, but they would like, they would just print out pictures of, the vacation they wanted to take or the car they wanted to buy or whatever the thing was that they were striving towards and they just have it up on their desk as like a little reminder. It's kind of like I had a buddy that lost like 150 pounds between high school and like college and uh, he always carried around a picture when he was fat to like give him that visual encouragement. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. But having that, like having a picture of one of the things on on your desk to remind you is important. I'm gonna read this little section because this is literally right from this expert that's in our content, right? Dream big, don't hold back. Get specific about all of the aspects of your life. Go into as much detail as you can. Write in full sentences and paragraphs, but don't edit yourself. You might be surprised what's gonna come out on paper and that's okay because we often don't let our our truest selves really come out because we're worried about how we're gonna be perceived. This is literally just for you. So you sit down and write knowing that you don't have to share it with anybody. And keep writing until you have- activity there then. Exactly. It's exactly like journaling what a day in your life looks like five years from now, right? And here's some questions that are gonna help you get started. Okay, so what does your life look like? What are you doing? Where are you living? Who are you living with? Do you have any pets? What kind of house are you in? Is it on the beach? 
Are you in a city? Are you in the country? What does the furniture look like in your house? What does the bed look like? What are your sheets like? What kinds of clothes are you wearing? What kind of hair do you have? Tell me about some of your pets and some of the other people around you. Tell me about your significant other. Do you have children? Do you have a car? Do you have a boat? Talk about your career. What you want, what you're reading, how much you're making, how much money, what excites you, and what your health is like. Now write this day out, this one day, five years from now, right? That's that's a lot. I think, you know, one of the one of the things that just made me think about is not only do some people not set goals in general, they don't have a they don't think five years out, right? And I think there, there's got to be a correlation between those that um, I would consider successful in their lives and those same people that have a vision five, 10, 15 years out, right? Um, and here's a, a trucking analogy. When I worked for Conway Freight, one of our core um, safety concepts for drivers was to aim high in your steering, right? Don't be so short-sighted that you're only looking at the car in front of you, but you want to be looking high so you can see further down the road and have awareness to what's down there so you can plan for it. So um, having that long-term vision gives you some sort of a destination to start planning, backwards planning from. So I like that. Yep. And that's the important piece, right? Because we first need the vision, right? Like we need to know where we're going to go before we can start working backwards into an actionable plan, right? So we've got your five-year vision and really why that activity is so great. And um, I'm going to put a link to the actual original podcast that this came from. The woman's name was Debbie Millman and she ended up becoming like one of the most successful marketers in like the past 40 years. And what she talked about was like when she did this and she looked at her life literally five years later, it was almost identical. And she'd done this with other people and Tony had done this with other people until like that vision, that picture, right? This really helps that come to clarity, right? So that you can see that. But now once you have that, we need to think about like the actionable stuff, right? Your goals, right? Okay, like where are we trying to be a year from now? Is it a certain dollar amount we wanna make per month? Because I would also say as it relates to freight brokerage, looking on an annual basis doesn't really help you because it happens on a weekly and monthly basis. So like your goals aren't really to make 120 grand a year, it should be 10 grand a month, right? And what activity or how many loads do you need to move with your customers? Or maybe how many more customers would you need plus your customers to actually hit that dollar amount, right? So I think, but to to your point, um, if someone, once say they want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year in commission, yep. they can then break that down into their monthly. But your point is exactly. right on. I agree with you because we tend to measure ourselves in monthly profit, and that is a pretty baseline across the board. So one, whenever I talk to a broker that's looking to join my company, that is every single time uh, I I talk about what do you do in a month? You know, um, you know what's your profit look like per month? What kind of what's your load count? Right, things like that. How much volume are they handling in a monthly period? Because that's a good bite-sized chunk instead of like the whole year. Because the whole year we know has fluctuations, right? So, but that's good stuff. Good stuff. And here's the next piece: goals. Right, the way the human mind works is that we can't really correlate what we're doing in the short term, like the work you're doing today, picking up a phone call, right, or getting out of bed to go to work, whatever that is, right. 
the mind can't really attach that to a goal longer than like 30 to 45 days. So if you've got a goal even 60 days out, like the mind really doesn't correlate the activity with that because it's almost too far in the future. So you once you why it's so important to take your annual goal, what you want to make per year down into a month is that you can absolutely stay focused on something for 30 days. Your mind will allow you to correlate what you're doing today with what you'll make within the next four weeks or whatever that goal is. So now it's more aligned with the way our behavior actually works and it is way more effective, right? And that's one of the reasons why we wanna break it down into bite-sized months before we even go further, right? Into weeks and days. That's good, I never thought about that. So like the psychology behind it, it's, it's I mm-hmm. probably, like I've seen people that think about New Year's resolution, right? Everyone wants to lose weight and get in shape. So the gyms are packed and then by Valentine's Day, they're empty again. And it's like, cause they expected a year's worth of success and they measured it over one month, right? And that's not realistic, so. So here's another interesting thing. So two days ago, I was gonna throw a post out, but it, it was on Monday, so I didn't get it out, but it was National Quitters Day. Like the 17th of January is the day the majority of people give up on their New Year's resolutions, just shy of four weeks. Um, so all, all those people that quit the gym, bought a pack of cigarettes again, oh man. Threw it out the window. Yep. But to your point, another really interesting thing on the psychology around goals is there's another great book, if anybody's looking for resources on this, called The 12-Week Year. And basically, the whole book boils down to a few points. The one point is, if you look at the performance of any company quarter to quarter throughout a year, their sales always tick up right before the end of the quarter, right before they actually announce their earnings and then everybody gets their bonus. So basically, the sales tend to just click, 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 click a little long, and then they always peak right and they hit the deadline. Because human beings have this tendency of when we have a deadline, like we tend to push ourselves harder. And the same thing happens at the end of the year where you tend to see big pushes in sales of all companies before they close out their year. So basically, the author takes that psychology and goes, well, let's stop looking at a year like a year. Like let's actually look at a year as if each week is an entire month. So you look at the first week of January as January the second week of January as February. You look at your whole goal as if it is a year, you just break it down and you operate on only one quarter at a time. So you're never planning more than a quarter and you're always breaking those goals right down into a week. So when you lose a whole week, it feels like you lost real time. Because when you're working on quarterly goals and you lose a week, you're like, well, I've got plenty more, right? Like I've got 11 more, like what's one week? But when one week matters, all of a sudden you find way more of your potential. You work harder towards those things and you get more out of yourself. Interesting. So what are some of the, you know, I'll I'll tell you what kind of sticks out to me is the things that you'd want to try and set for your goals and break them down bite sizes. I'm looking at like, uh, obviously your profit, right? Because that's what you're going to make your money off of. Could it be the number Mm -hmm. of calls that you're making if you're prospecting? carriers that you've onboarded if you're building your if you're a carrier development type of person what are some of the the goals that you think are like the the ones that we should be setting and tracking over that period of time so the most important characteristic of the activity that you're going to hold yourself accountable to is it should be something that you can control right so i'll give an example of a poor one you should be holding yourself accountable to basically whether or not your customer says yes because we can influence them 
and we can do our best to try to get them, but it's not within our control. Mm, okay. But I'll give you the other side. What is in our control? The amount of calls we make, yeah. the amount of attempts we make to close that customer, right? So, and I worked with this on a client earlier today, and it's like, you know, they want to manage their team based on results, which is natural for the owner of a company. But from the sales point of view, it can be demoralizing because honestly, you like you don't really control on what it's, a truck's gonna cost. You don't know what that spread's gonna be based on what you negotiated versus when you're gonna cover it. Like a lot of those things are beyond your control. We can influence them and improve them, but we can't determine them beforehand. That's so calls, right? If you've been doing this job for more than a quarter, you should be able to now look back at your first month and go, how many calls did I average per week? Then you should be able to look at how many total calls did I make before I turned into a one customer, right? So whatever that number is, is the first number you should be determining. I would, how I many would phone calls it takes? The number of prospects you added to your pipeline or to your sales funnel, right? Also, a great metric, right? One, you need to have a certain consistency within your sales funnel, right? You should at the bare minimum, if you're in your first, I'd say month, you should have at least 50 of them in there that you're like trying to follow up with. You won't know if they'll pick up yet or not, but by the time you're you know, three, four months into building your book of business, you should have about 75 to 150 prospects that you're trying to follow up with, right? And to your point, that is a great thing to hold yourself accountable to is every week you should be finding some that aren't qualified because you learn more about them and then you move them out, right? They're just not a fit. They don't work with brokers, they don't have a need, they're not gonna use you and there's no foreseeable reason to call them back. Those get moved out. But you should also, to your point, be adding and refilling that, right? Because it's not a static thing. Like your pipeline changes every day that you make phone calls, right? So that should constantly be moving in that direction, right? Which is another great metric you should be holding yourself accountable to. So one of the things, um, I remember this is going back a few years. When I set my goal at the beginning of the year, I had looked at like the previous year's um, results and the input I did and all that stuff. And I set my goals to, you know, I looked at what I did last year. I figured some organic natural growth. And then I thought, what what is what variables exist that may affect this goal up or down from where I think it should be at? Um, and I know you have in our notes here having smart goals, right? The the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and having a time frame and time bound. Yep. Is that what they are? Right, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and having a time frame. Because without a time frame, it's just a dream, right? That's the difference between a dream and a plan, right? Is a deadline. Yep. So when we would go through and present our goals as a team, I just remember like they were, I put a lot of time into mine and I made mine realistic, right? And they, and they, I had broken it down by week and by month, what my average or what my pacing had to be at to, to hit my goal. And we had people that their goal was like, I'm going to, I'm going to double my total sales. And it's like, what like okay. what makes you think that like first of all it's not realistic for you to just double your sales and you don't say and how long is it going to take you and how you're going to do it and there's no detail to it and then like so right. the, the the boss is like well what do you, what do you mean and like you know if, like you know Nate's looking at growing 15 20 percent and you're just going to 2x like how <laughs> so yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about taking it seriously because if you're just going to waste your t- don't don't set goals and spend the time doing it if you're just going to you know half ass it. 
So. Well, here's the thing, right? When we got clients that ask us all the time, like, well, how do I get better every week, right? Well, if you don't have a benchmark to set yourself against, like, you genuinely don't know if you're improving. Like, if you're shooting free throws and you're not counting which go in and which, which don't go in, how do you know if you're getting better or not getting better? And that's basically the way people approach sales is, I'll just make some more calls today. Well, how many did you make yesterday? Well, I don't know. How many did you make the day before? Not sure. How do you know if it was enough? Or again, how do you know you're calling the right prospects? Like if you don't have anything to measure, like there is no way to evaluate and improve. And to your point, right? Like I'm gonna double in sales. So let's go through smart, right? Is it specific? Yes. Is it attainable? Probably not. No. Is it, re- is it relevant? I'd say it's maybe relevant. And yes, it has a time frame. So like the fact that it isn't attainable and there is also no plan within it, right? Like you can't even turn that goal into anything actionable. Now, maybe if he had some justification, like, well, I've got four prospects with huge bids and you know, two of them gotten approved, they haven't tendered the freight yet, but you know, based on these things, if I do these other things, I will be at two X, right? Well, if that happens, now all of a sudden, like you actually have a plan that you can hold somebody accountable or yourself accountable to, right? Like you don't necessarily need a coach or even a manager. We have a lot of people listening that I know are starting their own brokerages. This is your accountability board. Write that number up on your board every day so you know what it is. Yep. In fact, put that number next to the picture of why you're doing this and why this is important to you. Absolutely. So, and one of the things, um, and I've talked about this before, is and I've called it the hot wash, right? This is something in the army that we would do. And I, I would typically do like a review. So I'd always do an annual review and look at what was my goal and did I hit it? I do it with my personal life. When my wife and I set our, our, we don't do like New Year's resolutions. We just do like, what is our, what's our 2022 like family goals? And we, you know, like last year for 2021, we were like, we wanted to go to a new state that we hadn't been to. And we did, um, you know, stuff like that. Or like we had, you know, if we had like health goals or like, just family goals, right? But six months down the road, right? I like to, at a minimum, you know, we're ha- halfway through this year. Let me look back. How am I doing so far, right? So the the, the hot wash is what we call it in the army, and the the phrase comes from like after a after a battle. Historically, like if the guys didn't have the time to fully clean their rifle, they would just dunk it like in a bunch of hot water to get the all the crap out, and it would make it good enough in a quick amount of time, right? So it's just a quick down and dirty, hmm. get it cleaned out. And the term carried over into the way that we um, do a an after action uh, review or kind of like a, we kind of reflect on how a mission or a training event went. So you look at, um, you know, what was, what do we think was gonna happen and where are we at? What actually happened? So like for, in the freight world and sales, I would look usually like June, July-ish, um, get together with the rest of the team and we'd go over like, here's what we projected back in December of last year. Here's where I'm actually at. And you know, it's like, so, you know, you're never perfectly there 100%, but if you're pretty close, it gives you an idea. Whereas the guy that's like, I'm gonna double my sales, like, okay, you're gonna double your sales, but you're not, you haven't doubled them year over year yet. So you can kind of compare and get a, an idea of um, where you're at. I like doing it even quarterly. So I'm kind of a numbers nerd. Dude, I do, I do this stuff monthly I'm tracking stuff but I don't you know I don't take it too seriously month over month especially if there's ebb and flow throughout the the industry uh, but it's a good practice to get in because if you don't stop take a pause and do kind of like a an azimuth check on your compass and see where you're at you're not going to know if you have to realign right you got to exactly. pivot a little bit 
So. And think about it this way, right? Like, try to take yourself out of your own position for a second and go, if I was my own manager, what would I be holding me accountable to, right? Like, what would you be doing if you were trying to manage yourself as another person, right? Because we hear this all the time, like, well, I just don't know why, I don't know why I'm not getting there as fast as I can, right? So again, back to some specific goals, right? Call activity is a big one. The next one is looking at your call activity, but also what is your lead generation goal per week, right? How many new leads should you be sourcing every week correlated with how many calls you're making, right? Because these are two separate activities. And we know we talk about this a lot, but they should not be done at the same time. You should not be generating a lead and calling a lead, generating and calling. Because now, to your point, when we're doing a hot wash at the end of a month or at the end of a quarter, and we go, well, I'm not closing as many customers as I thought. Well, first question I'm gonna ask as a coach is, how, what does your pipeline look like? How many calls are you making per day? And like, what does your follow-up look like? Are you calling the same 100 leads every day? Like, or are you rotating enough leads that you're actually trying to reach other shippers? Because I can't tell you how many clients I've, of ours that like I've sat down with in a group session or one-on-one, and I look at what they've been doing over the past six weeks, and they've been calling the same 200 leads every other day for six weeks, and they're just like, if you look at their, their notes, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer, and it's like, well, one, have you tried another phone number? Have you tried to reach another point of contact? Have you tried anything other than just knocking on the same door and getting the same exact result, right? Like that's that, you know, definition of insanity, literally doing the same thing over and over and expecting some different result, right? If we don't have any way to evaluate that, like there is no way to improve. There's no way to determine what you should be doing more of. Maybe you're calling the wrong part of the country. Maybe you're working on commodities that are out of season. But if you don't group them together and look at what your results are based on what your inputs are, there is no way to evaluate whether or not you're moving in the right direction. Agreed. It's kind of like if you if you half-ass the goal setting and you don't actually follow up on and take a take a knee halfway through or along the way and see where you're at. It doesn't even make sense to set goals, right? Agreed. It's all part of this problem. And we're not telling you to not set goals. We're telling you to set goals and to also do this stuff to give you a higher chance that you're going to actually reach those goals. So here's one thing. Anything final on goals before we get into our uh, Q and A session? Yeah. I wanted to cover just briefly, like we talked a lot about this from the first person, what you should be doing for your own goals. But I wanted to put a caveat out there. I think a lot of managers and company owners could be well served by having their teams do this. Again, so many teams we've worked with that I find like the managers like, don't know why their employees are doing what they do, right? Like you should know what your your team's motivations are, or at the very least know that they have them. Because guess what? They're all gonna run into something difficult and they all should be at some point sitting down and knowing why they're doing what they do. In fact, that's one of the things you should be asking in the interview. But absolutely, if you're doing reviews with your team at this time of year, you should be asking them like, hey, what are some of your personal goals? Like why is it important for you to succeed in sales? Why do you want, you know, to grow 15%? Why do you want to make, you know, 120 plus next year, whatever their goal is? Ask them why it's important to them. Because when you sit down in a meeting with them and you're like, hey, like, and you've got to work through, like, maybe they're not where they want to be or whatever it is, right? That's the piece that you need to be able to coach them through. When you're sitting down with whoever it is and going, hey, look, you need to be aware it's important to them. That's why they're at work every day. We don't live to work, we work to live. And if you don't know what your team's goals are and they don't have them, how are you ever gonna expect them to show up when it gets really hard? 
Yeah, and also, as a reminder, it is not your job as a boss or a manager to set your goals for your team, right? Your team member, you can help them, but your team members but they need to own goals. them. You can give a quota, but you don't set their goals. And people yes. often forget that. So, And whatever that right. reason is, is unique to them. Yep, 100%. Well, cool. I gotta give a shout out to our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. If you are looking to grow your brokerage and get bodies and seats, whether it's carrier sales or account managers or whatever else in the back office you got for billing, check out Lean Solutions Group at leangroup.com. The nearshore staff a mile can get you multiple human beings for the cost of just one in the United States. Check them out at leangroup.com. We got two questions here today. The first one made me, um, I'm gonna do the second one first. It made me laugh. What's more dangerous, teenage truck drivers or self-driving trucks? Because <laughs> they're proposing like lowering the driving age. I think Eric sent, Eric on LinkedIn um, sent me that, and uh, I, I got a kick out of it. Um, it but I wanted to ask you, Ben, self-driving trucks. I had another guy that uh, was in the army with that actually asked me this the other day. He's like, "What do you think?" He's like, "You pump for like the autonomous uh, semi trucks? What do you think about them?" So, I mean, I think it's inevitable. I think we're from, I've been following it since, you know, they've been in the news. I don't think we're as close as everybody thinks. I yeah. think that they're not going to solve a lot of the issues that people think. And eventually they will. I think we'll get there at some point. Um, and I think, honestly, it's going to provide a lot of value. I think that, you know, there aren't a lot of people. Well, the great resignation, right? Like, people don't want to spend, you know, the majority of their working life away from their family and the things and the places they want to be. So, I mean, as, you know, all human beings want to spend more time with their family and the things that are important, I think it's going to be a less desirable profession. And as more products need to be shipped, we're going to need more of them. And this is the viable solution to that. Yeah, so my answer to the question, what's more dangerous? I'm going to go with the teenage truck driver. Cause, oh, uh, absolutely. You can't program so, maturity. <laughs> two things. And here's the thing. Like, honestly, as it relates to just driving cars, I remember, like, this was, like, eight years ago, but Waymo's car, Google's self-driving car, like, a decade ago, drove, like, yeah. a million miles without having an incident. The only incident it had at that time was when somebody actually got into you, park it. It's a human, right? A human A operator. human, yes. But, like, if you look at, like, I mean, I don't think, honestly we should be driving until we're like 21. I don't think teenagers should drive cars. I don't think that like their brains are developed. I don't think they make good decisions. I think they're too influenced by peers. We know this now, like you can see this in their brain activity and to be able to put them behind an 85,000 pound truck on a highway with other people, I think is not the best decision. Yeah, I could tell you the majority of my fender benders and speeding tickets came when I was uh, under under uh, 18, so. Good stuff. I almost I almost lost my license at one point. I remember the one the one like district attorney was like, if you come in here, if you're here one more time with a speeding ticket, I'm gonna have to suspend your license. And I was like, ooh. So I had a heavy foot, you know. Then you get you grow <laughs> up, have kids, yeah. and you're like way more cautious. Hmm. All right, next question here. Um, what is what's the play-by-play -play explanation for how brokering works? So this was a guy that, that uh, went through our course, uh, is licensed, and he's got like the paralysis of a by analysis. He's like, I don't know where to start. How does it all work? Um, Barney style, right? Once you're set up and licensed, and you have your infrastructure in place, first you have to get a customer. That's like, and we're we're gonna oversimplify this because we don't we're not doing yep. a whole episode on it, but you have to get a customer, right? 
Then you have to get freight to bid on from that customer. And then you have to find a truck that's willing to move that freight at that whatever price. Get that negotiated. When that is done, you will dispatch a driver to go pick up the load and you'll track and trace that driver and you'll make sure that driver delivers. When that is done, you will get the paperwork from the carrier that you need, which is their invoice, their signed bill of lading, which acts as a uh, proof of delivery. And then you will send that to your customer, well, the BOL, with an invoice to your customer and you get paid. Did I miss any steps? I mean, there's a lot of, like, if you got a factoring company, it's a little different and with, like, the... Forget about the factoring stuff, but... That's the only thing I would add is the shipper is going to tell you what they hope to pay, and you are going to go out and try to find that truck for a little bit less money. Oftentimes, you'll get a truck a little cheaper, and that'll be your margin. Sometimes, you'll find a truck a little more expensive than the shipper, and then once, and then you're going to have to convince the shipper to give you a little more money. The only piece that I think is that there's got to be a difference between what the shipper is going to pay you and what you're going to pay the carrier, and that's what you earn in the middle. That's yep. fundamentally it. That's it, one-on-one. Well, good stuff. Um, big weekend here for football. Good luck to everyone's teams except for Kansas City. You got any closing thoughts here, Ben? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, big one here. Go Bill. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Check out the show notes for links to anything that we've referenced on this episode. And make sure to visit us online at Freight360.net to see our entire library of episodes, videos, blogs, and more. And make sure to check us out on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for daily and weekly tips and content. If you'd like your question answered on the show, fill out the Contact Us form on our site and we'll see you next week. 